This is Binod Shankar and you're listening to the Real Finance Mentor podcast from the realfinancementor.com. The Real Finance Mentor is your go-to resource for insight and inspiration on careers in finance, CFA and more. Now you think why this podcast? Well, my goal is to deliver insight and inspiration for your finance career by making it one relatable. This is not theoretical stuff. We zero in on the critical practical issues. Number 2, authentic. No bullshit, no sidestepping. The topics, guests and questions are all from that perspective. And number 3, take a chartered accountant and CFA charter holder, add 17 plus years as a corporate warrior, mix in 10 years of entrepreneurship, through a decade of full-time CFA training, add speaking, mentoring, cycling and mountaineering, and that's me. Welcome to the Real Finance Mentor, or as I call it, RFM. Hello there. Welcome to episode number 12 of the Real Finance Mentor podcast and this is Binod Shankar. Today we talk about my favorite sport, climbing. Well, I'm being half serious. You see, level 3 of the CFA program is the weirdest level of all. The material is thin and not that challenging. But the exam is a tall mountain, especially the morning essay section. It's also a highly underrated level. This most candidates think the worst, i.e. level 2 is behind them. But to give you a real taste of the high altitude of level 3 i have with me on this show not one not two but three level 3 warriors students i have taught right from level 1 and i know very well let's listen to them as they talk about their ambitions the many challenges and of course the solutions to success i will ask them to introduce themselves rather than me going on about them yes so hey guys <clears throat> My name is Vikas. Uh, I work uh, in a family office at the moment, but my background is that I've been into banking for almost 15 years. I've done portfolios, uh, relationship management, and stuff. Uh, last three years, I've been working in the family office, managing assets, um, doing due diligence for investments. And uh, now I'm slowly moving into corporate finance of the startup. Uh, you know, uh, he's asking my my boss is asking me to move into corporate finance of the of the corporate. So yeah, it's this short introduction about me. And you, of course, you're a level three candidate, Vikas. Most important thing, you forgot that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think uh, the milestone will be when I when I earn my charter. So I'm doing yep. it for that. Right, Rita. Yeah. So my name is Margarita. I'm 27 years old. Uh, started my CFA journey back in 2018. Uh, now I've been working as equity research analyst. in HSBC for about year and a half uh before that uh, I've worked in corporate banking for four years in Citibank and Standard Chartered and uh, very excited to be on this podcast thanks for having me Vinod welcome and last but <laughs> definitely not the least mark <laughs> hi guys so uh, my name is mark dadalla i'm a uh, recent graduate from the american university of sharjah Uh, I've worked in various uh, financial sectors so far out of which the most recent one was real estate development consultancy. I worked as an analyst in most of my roles. Uh now I'm moving into the private banking sector with the Standard Chartered. Uh I'm a CFA level 3 candidate and currently volunteering with CFA Society Emirates. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for the opportunity. So good stuff. So we have three different people, all CFA level three candidates, uh, all different backgrounds. Vikas from corporate uh, finance and uh, private banking, and now in the family office. Margarita from corporate banking and now working equity research, and Mark, who is a fresh graduate but has worked in real estate advisory 
and also um, in, in a candidate for level three. And actually, very interestingly, three different nationalities, right? It just happened that way. <laughs> Mark is from Egypt, Rita is from Russia, and Vikas is from India, right? So welcome on board, guys. So welcome to the episode. Thank you. Um, and today we're going to talk a lot about, um, of course, CFA and careers and education and level three and how much you enjoy the CFA journey. So my first question is going to be um, with that theme in mind. So you have finished your level one, you have finished your level two, and of course, you would have written level three in a month's time, you know, apart for this um, unfortunate postponement of the exam, but it's coming up. So now that you've experienced two levels and you've almost experienced the third level, what are the three ways in which you find level three different from level one and level two? So, uh... For me, I think level three is uh, is very important. It's very uh, it's very uh, refreshing from level one and level two, which were very formula driven, very technical stuff. Level three is very uh, it's very real. You know, it, it level three actually tells you what happens in the real life on the field. You know, when you are facing the client, when you're, when you're meeting the people, what factors influence the decisions? How do you actually manage a portfolio? So this is. This is very, very real, you know, a lot of stuff in level one, level two might not happen in real life, but level three is pretty much tangible for me because I've lived this for, for, uh, for a good number of years. So, yeah. So for me, it's very real. So, so it's true what they say, right? Level one is foundation, level two is valuation and level three is where the application kicks in, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. True. Right. So uh, from my perspective, uh, level three requires more depth and understanding. So as people might know or might not know that uh, level three as opposed to one and two is divided into two parts. The first uh, session is the AM session and that's uh, written or constructed or structured response, right? So in, in, it's not <coughs> essay in that sense, but you have to write your answers down. And in that sense, uh, you don't have multiple choice questions to rely on and you have to write your answers in, uh, in more details. Basically, it's like taking the multiple choice question and explaining to the grader why you chose this answer in the most precise, concise, and comprehensive manner. And in which case, you will require uh, to write your answers from scratch, and that requires more depth and understanding uh, the content of the, uh, of the curriculum, if you will. Yeah, I agree with that. That's probably the reason why a lot of people actually, surprisingly, despite the high pass rate of level three, fail in level three because they somehow made it through level one and level two, partly through mugging up stuff and partly to, I don't know how, but in level three, uh, mugging up doesn't help that much, does it? I mean, you do need to know your concepts. You have to be absolutely, absolutely. solid in your concepts, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing backs you up. Yeah, and it's not probably only the format, uh, that, that the format is different, but also the feeling of time pressure is much more severe on uh, on the level three because you have to write a lot of sensible comprehensive words uh, rather than just circling one of the answers uh, given by the uh, examiner um, and uh, maybe in terms of studying uh, as well it's different because there is a lot of plain text here so in level one and two, you have to memorize a lot of formulas and uh, the concepts. But here, unfortunately, you have to genuinely understand what the curriculum is talking about and then being able to apply it uh, on the exam and uh, 
try to uh, give some sensible answers. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I suppose you mean the plain text, you mean theory, right, Rita? Is that what you mean by yes. plain text? Yeah, exactly. I mean that how the curriculum explains how the world works, how the financial market works, etc., etc. So there's a lot of like plain text that you have to genuinely uh, understand and uh, put the text through yourself just to be able to apply it later. I think you're, very, you're being very polite. Most people say that the plain text in level three is mind-numbingly boring. Um, <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with you, you know. <laughs> that was my, that's my feeling, you know. I mean, just to add to what Rita said, uh, look, the, the text is very interesting, but it's very difficult to, to articulate when you're writing it. It's very easy to mm -hmm. it's very difficult to write back uh, in the exam. So that's, that's the challenge with level three. Right, so in a sense, level three is like the final uh, season of a series, you know, it sums up why have you started the CFA journey and what are you learning? And in this case, it's in the context of portfolio management and uh, construction. You know, some people say that the entire point of level one and two is to prepare you for level three. And somehow at this point, I'm starting to feel it's, uh, it couldn't have been more true, you know. It's really interesting you say final season, you know. Uh, Mark, you know, many, many uh, sitcoms end uh, not too great way, right? <laughs> I hope that's not the case. <laughs> so I hope by the, the phrase final season, you mean victory, success, uh, happy ending. I hope so. It's a prolonged like, season at this point, yeah. Not like everybody getting killed, you know? <laughs> yeah. I like any guys. I hope so. Right. So, yeah, so that's, that's interesting insight. So now that, uh, again, you're in level three, um, what, what are the three lessons um, that you learned in level one and level two that you're using in level three? And I ask this because I, I talked a lot of people in the, and I've, they've told me that we're seeing level three differently now. The CFA journey is different because uh, of what we experienced in level one and two. Uh, in level one, we were very naive and new at level two, slightly more experienced, but in level three, we are looking from different perspectives. So tell me, uh, if each one of you can tell me, what are the three lessons you have learned so far? Uh, I think uh, what level one and level two, uh, you learn through level one and level two is the persistence that you can't be out of touch with your studies till the time you are done with your exams. Because you, you can learn a lot of things, but you, it's, it's very easy to forget all of them very quickly. You, I mean, it's out of sight, out of mind for you. It's, it's as simple as that. And secondly, for me, I think, uh, I mean, you know me, right? Uh, we've, we've had many discussions around it that I really used to think beyond, the, beyond what question has been asking and try and apply my super intelligent mind and see what, what uh, answers can be given, right? But I think the exam is a lot more simpler and it's very direct compared to what curriculum teaches us. You know, I mean, what we feel from the curriculum. So just read the question and uh, answer. That's it. I mean, it's uh, just read the question. Stick to the uh, stick to the question. This is my. It, it, it's, it seems easy when you say it because uh, persistence and commitment. But can I ask you, where do you get this persistence and commitment from? Briefly, can you tell me how? It is the fear of repeating it next year. You know, I mean, I can't. Uh, it's very painful. I don't want to do it next year. I don't want to. Uh, I mean, I just want to get it done. Simple as that. It's not, it's costly. It's, it's a lot of investments in time and money. Sorry. It's, 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 it's really interesting. You and I share that similar motivation, the, <laughs> the, the mind numbing fear of failure. 
And my fear was the same when I did my journey, 2003, 2005, of having to open the books again and again, seeing my yeah. old notes and seeing my okay. old notes and thinking, oh my God, why didn't I make it the first time around? And quite frankly, I also feel the next year, if I were to start this all over again, I'd rather do something else. You know, if I were to study next year itself, I'd rather study something else, something which interests me even more. Something like CMT or FRM or whatever, you know, I'd rather study something different. That's my motivation. Right. So uh, on top of persistence and uh, commitment, uh, I see a lot of people afraid to practice. Uh, the problem with practicing is it's it's quite easy to get 50s and 40s and 60% and that demotivates people. But people need to compare this with the fact that if you don't get that frustration uh, frustration now and get over it now, it's going to be prolonged frustration. So after you do your exam, it's going to it's going to result into failure and that failure means you're going to have a deep uh, sense of regret and frustration for uh, an entire year depending on which level you're uh, you're 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 sitting for you know and so uh, end of chapters topic as small uh, mcqs uh, Q, uh, question banks are all your friends at this point and it's okay you know it's, it's not about 40 percent or 50 percent or 60 percent it's about seeing where you fall short and then uh, getting on top of things you know uh, also, I think people need to be more adaptive in their learning. In level one and two, there is a right answer and wrong answer. So you have three choices. One is right and two are wrong, right? But in level three, you don't have that much. You, you don't have that space. You have CFA accepted answer. You don't have a right point uh, uh, of getting the question spot on. That's very rare. You have a right direction that you need to be following. And that's... Uh, that's where people need to adapt to the different situations rather than follow what they've done in level one and two. You know? I mean, talking about uh, answering questions, really, uh, I, I found some students, uh, maybe not so much in level three, Mark, but maybe in level one and two, they have this fear of working out questions because they fear that they will score too low and that easily demotivates yeah. them. And yeah. I keep telling people, you know, it doesn't matter if it is a low score, you're learning and you're improving and it will get better with time. Exactly but do not expect instant results. Do you agree? I agree. And people need to keep things in perspective. This is not a university exam. This is not about GPA. This is more about you becoming a better analyst in the sense. So as long as you get the content, as long as you're scoring your 65 and 70, uh, you know, as you know, we're, we're all here students in Kaplan Genesis, you know, and uh, never at any point in time did the instructors, uh, instructors uh, ask us to, get 80% or 90% or 100% because that's not required and that has nothing to do with reality. You know? Even CFA is about passing and not passing. It has nothing to do with the grade itself, regardless of the 90th percentile or any other grades that appear on your uh, scoring sheet. Yeah, and just to add to uh, this uh, sort of boring but very important answers that uh, your dedication and discipline is very important. It is the key, uh, obviously. But uh, on the flip side, of course, you're missing out on life a lot. And um, me, myself, I'm very individualistic uh, student, if I could put it this way. So I, I usually prefer study on my own. But uh, during level one and two, I've learned a very important lesson that uh, you have to actually find a small group of people who are in the same boat as you are. 
who is also learning CFA, who you can uh, uh, discuss your doubts over the material or, I don't know, share your frustrations. Uh, it's very important to... Huh? So uh, it's almost like misery loves company, yeah? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there is always this one person in the, in the chat group who already read more or practiced more, and uh, it, it really motivates you, you know, to grab a book and start studying yourself as well. I, I bet that's Mark. He, he's, <laughs> so, guys, so what are the three unique challenges of level three? I mean, uh, Everyone says, yes, level three is application, level one and two are foundation and valuation. Um, and of course, it's written in the morning as opposed to item set and multiple choice in the previous levels. So what are the unique challenges? And more importantly, how are you guys, you know, um, in your own way dealing with this? Yeah, so here jokes aside, but uh, here where it comes the readable handwriting and uh, training the ability of putting big knots of thoughts that you might have and uh, putting it into a few beautiful comprehensive bullets that uh, will answer the exam question. So for me, the prescription is quite, uh, is quite simple uh, for this challenge is uh, reading, apart from obviously reading and practicing uh, CFA material, is also reading uh, financial news daily or, I don't know, some small uh, research pieces especially if uh, English is not your first language, it might be very important uh, as for probably most of the CFA candidates uh, at this point. Right, so uh, I agree. The uh, problem with level three, it's not really a problem, it's just a new challenge uh, that you need to adapt to is that, as I said, there's no multiple choice. So there is no uh, an answer that you can zero in on, you know? Um, uh, there are either too many answers or too few answers in your mind. And the, the, the key to that is practicing and writing a lot. And most importantly, find a mentor or a grader or a friend to grade your papers, your written papers. Basically, find someone to give you harsh feedback. That's how you progress in level three. And uh, another thing is time management. You know, uh, writing answers takes more time than just circul circling. Uh, a multiple choice answer and that requires again a lot of practicing and what I usually do is time myself and give myself two or three minutes less per question and that helps me you know get on top of things. Uh, to me however I mean what Margarita and uh, Mark said they were right but for me the challenge is that level three course is pretty unstructured in my opinion you know uh, there are too many repetitions in too many topics uh, same concept appears in in uh, in uh, different topics differently, right? So this for me is the is, is the biggest challenge. Uh, like level one and level two were uh, very categorical as to what which topic will cover which uh, which concept and what formulas. They're very very clear in their approach. And secondly, uh, as I said, I've, I've been into into wealth management and portfolio management for fifteen years. For me, it's this too much of overlapping, you know, I mean, as I said, it's very boring for me because I've done, I've lived most of this uh, course over the last 15 years. So, yeah, I mean, level two, level one, I learned a lot of new things, but for level three, there's no, there's not too much of new learning for me because of my previous uh, experience in my, in my banking career. That for me is, is the biggest challenge. You know, it's, it's very difficult to, to read 
And for me, I mean, personally, I can't do theories. I, it's, for me, it's just a waste of time. So in that context, level three is uh, not easy for me. You know, it's not easy for me because I've, I've had experience and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just too much of theory to read and write. It's, it's difficult for me. And I would blame my experience for this uh, quite largely. I think you should give your, your feedback to CFE Institute because I will definitely hundred <laughs> percent in terms of no no uh, in terms of overlap and uh, core structure and uh, and you know repetitions and things like that. You will not I, believe I think a lot of topics in behavior finance are repeated across so many. I mean, they have done it four five times. I mean, why why would you do this? Okay, now exams have been postponed, of course, so CFE exams um, from June to. Uh, you have chance of taking it in December 2020 or June 2021, right? So now that things have changed, you have more time. What's your study and revision strategy? Uh, I'm sure you've thought about it by now. So I won't lie. Uh, at first, at first, it was sort of frustrating because uh, uh, you felt like you've been running in the race, and then when you were just about the about to finish uh, at the finish line. They sort of came to you and, and told you that uh, now it's not a race, it's, it, it's a marathon, guys. So, and then it was, it was like the second thought was obviously a relief because no candidate ever is 100% ready for the exam, especially me as well. Uh, and so I took, I took the chance to, uh, to, to, to get closer to this 100. And initially, I was reading uh, Schweizer, which is much shorter uh, because I'm a lazy human. Uh, but now I'm taking the chance to actually read the CFA curriculum from start uh, to fill the gaps uh, where, where I had them. And obviously, as we mentioned before, it might seem boring and long and repetitive. Um, in my humble opinion, it's much better uh, because it helps you to understand and memorize things better when they just repeat them from one chapter to another, leaving you no chance to forget or not understand anything. So I'm planning to finish the uh, reading by September uh, as I re-registered for December 2020 now and to start revising from, from that point. I think you and Vikas are uh, opposites in terms of your view of the text yeah, and like. interest uh, in the level three curriculum. I don't think your study buddies, I can't imagine Rita and Vikas ever studying together because uh, it simply won't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, personally, I'm taking it uh, slow as of now. Uh, usually getting back to the curriculum and reading the blue boxes, the examples was a luxury that uh, I almost never had, especially in level two. Level two, I got my grades in uh, late January, registered February 1, and I had to sit for the exam by June. So only in four months. I had no, I didn't even have time to read the Schweizer books. But now I have almost one year, you know, if you include the time we had since the beginning. Uh, so now I can read the examples, uh, practice more, uh, go back to the curriculum for the stuff that I didn't understand. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it was frustrating as uh, Rita said, but uh, I think we've uh, we've gained the luxury that uh, we didn't have before, and uh, fortunately for us, it's coming in the last level, you know. 
So no pressure, Mark. You've got enough time, huh? You have. <laughs> you yes, sir. I have. Uh, I have seven months worth of revision. You have seven months, months of uh, reading, <laughs> rereading, practicing, yeah. repracticing, right. revising, exactly. re re revising. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and serve the purpose actually of becoming a better analyst, you know, as opposed to just passing. So I think uh, I was super happy when I heard that exam had been postponed. To be honest. Uh, the reason was uh, I was not fully prepared, and uh, 2020 has been very hard for me personally since the beginning. Uh, personal issues, professional issues, and uh, with COVID-19 event, my my business has been badly hit. Our industry has been badly hit. So there's a lot of time we have to depute uh, at office. A lot of commitments uh, have come up. So obviously my, my time was going uh, uh, away from, from me. I was not able to study. I was not able to uh, do it at all. I was, not a, I was not even able to attend the classes, to be honest. So I was very happy that the exam was postponed. I'll, be, uh, I'll have more time to me to finish my uh, assignment, uh, restart uh, my studies. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, right now for me, very important thing is to focus on my, uh, my work. Uh, I have to make sure that I don't get laid off. But frankly, and uh, it's a very scary situation. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll focus on this parallelly. I'll I'll redesign my my strategy to approach level three. Yeah, and I think uh, I'll I'll sit for uh, December twenty twenty. I think I'll have enough time to make it. Uh, so I'm happy to be honest. Sorry, guys, but I'm really happy. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which of course brings me to a very related question, right? I mean, because you talked about professional and personal difficulties and everyone is facing difficulties because of, you know, uh, various issues at work, uh, the virus situation, economic situation. But I want to be specific about the exam and the CFA process, right? Whether it was level one or level two or level three, maybe more level three, right? How do you motivate yourself? when things get tough and things do get tough and they do get tough for various reasons on across topics or when you're trying to balance work and family and studies, etc., etc. So how, how do you, how do you, where, where does the drive come from? You know? So the, what helps motivate me is that I remember why I started this journey uh, in the first place. And uh, usually at, uh, when, when I started, <coughs> it was just um, one step out of uh, a bigger plan. Uh, whether it's to do the PIA exam or to sit for the FRM or to uh, be a better fit for other jobs or uh, just for the sake of the argument, uh, a CFA passing CFA level one, two, and three offers you waivers into multiple master's program. And uh, if you don't pass, uh, if I don't pass the CFA level, I won't get the waiver, and so I won't uh, be easily accepted into these master's program. And so it puts my entire plan on halt. And uh, I'm just a guy who loves efficiency, you know, I don't like to be left behind. I don't like people uh, to be moving ahead of me and me uh, being just the guy who repeated level three or being sympathized towards, you know. Um, I also, uh, I think it's important at this point that I'm taking uh, CFA classes because almost always in each CFA class, there is always this parent whether it's a, it's a father or a mother, somebody with a business and kids and has to take care of his or her household. And the, the 
study for CFA and they managed to pass. And so these people managed to, uh, you know, juggle all these obli uh, obligations and responsibilities around. There is no excuse for a 23-year-old not to uh, not get it done, you know, and not do a, uh, a superb job. So I think for me, the, the explanation is quite simpler, you know, uh, for me, this is a very difficult exam. I think uh, it's a, it's, this is a long exam. The journey is long, but the exam is not all that difficult. So I think a little bit of hard work, a little bit of smart work will make you, uh, go through the process, uh, specific to the exam. I think, uh, yes, things get tough, but the only thing that you have to remember is, uh, you know, you just, it is written by humans and it is to be attempted by humans, right? So you may be, you may be uh, poor at certain topics, but you are definitely exceptional at other topics. So you make sure that you are not, that you are doing well in the topics where you think you're strong, uh, you're strong and uh, you make sure that you understand the basics of the topics where you are not interested or you think you are a bit weaker. So that's for me is very important. And secondly, uh, uh, as I said, it's, you don't need uh, you don't need uh, exceptional uh, understanding, exceptional uh, skill level to pass this exam. And you know, yes, nothing comes uh, easy in life. So is CFA exam. A little bit of hard work, a little bit of smart work, and it's it's easy. Yeah. I, I think one going back to one point you mentioned, because you know, um, I think you are a person who always overanalyzed and extrapolated situations and visualized extreme outcomes, right? Yes. And, and that behavior. I don't think it's unique to you can demotivate people many times and you know, and you go back to, you know, sort of a hibernation mode. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, uh, I, I, I get scared very easily and uh, then I start feeling, uh, then, then I have to devise a new strategy to make sure that I don't get into that situation at all. So yes, I mean, uh, getting scared in a way works for me, you know, getting scared too easily works for me sometimes. Yeah, I agree with Vikas. Probably uh, picturing your failure is one of the biggest motivations that you can get at this point of time. But also, uh, what I do sometimes, it's a little bit dodgy maybe, but when I feel tired or lazy, what I do is I'm writing myself a work email and I just add comma CFA to my name uh, in the signature. And then this makes me feel very like, you know, smart or just making me realize why I started it in the first place. So I, I, I think, I, I Rita, think... that's probably a violation of standard 7B. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju I just sent it to myself. So no, just, nobody just but me can see it. Actually, one kidding. of my friends do it, uh, did it as well. So he printed his name with comma CFA, laminated it, put it at the top of his desk. And uh, he says it, it's very, it's very motivating. And I think if you're a candidate as well, you should try it too. No, but actually I used to do exactly what you used to do uh, similarly. So I used to write Binod Shankar CFA on my pad, writing pad uh, and look at it. And then suddenly derivatives and quants wasn't that ugly anymore. Yeah, I agree. That, I mean, that, that helps a lot when you actually see your name with the, with the charger keeps you keeps you motivated and makes you grab a book right so um, now that you guys are veterans of the CFA journey you know I use you know like you have three stripes on your shoulders if you look closely right it's like uh, in the army yeah <laughs> you go through you're the greenhorn boot camp and then you graduate you you fought several wars right you have the scars of war on you and you can show off to people at junior than you that how this is how you do it 
so of course many youngsters are looking to start cfa maybe they're already in level 1 or level 2 of the journey what would you give as advice to these youngsters uh, i think my advice is just to uh, tell each and everyone to know why you are doing the cfa uh, you know uh, sometimes people get uh, influenced by others that somebody else is doing cfa so i should also do something you know and as a consequence many of them just drop it midway you know uh, they just do level 1 they they never attempt level 2 or they do level 2 but never attempt level 3 and so on and so forth so i think the goal must be clear to why you are sitting for cfa and you should finish the journey don't leave it midway don't waste your hard work don't waste your time don't waste your money and uh, yeah that, that that that's my advice I agree. Uh, I think uh, if you want the charter uh, in the, the charter in a half-hearted manner, uh, it won't take you far. But you need to to sit with yourself before you you even uh, register for CFA level one, even though it's the easiest level and a lot of people get easily by. You need to sit forth and and sit with yourself and decide why am I doing this in the first place. Uh, I just want to take a moment and uh, you know just refer to a lot of the financial scandals that been happening recently. and i believe that these examples are uh, are what sets the difference between a person who is uh, you know a regular analyst and someone who is a cfa someone who actually is worth his or her salt uh, another point is when you get the cfa charter holder don't feel entitled to anything don't start thinking that you're god's giving gift to the earth don't start thinking that you're going to be receiving offers left right and center it's eventually it's about your analysis skill uh, your proven work on the job not about the letters or the certifications or uh, degrees you know yeah just just to add to mark that uh, although level 1 might seem quite easy for for many people especially with some financial or economic background my advice is to never neglect any topic at the start of this journey because uh, you don't want to be the slacky guy who you know just read half of the books and then guessed uh, another half of the answers on the exam past level 1 and then just realized that it's not enough for level 2 and especially for level 3 um i think you should be ready to dedicate like lines parts of your time to this sort of financial army as you said okay so interesting answer now of course we've talked a lot about cfa level 3 level 2 level 1 how you managing strategies challenges etc so let's sort of uh, take a small diversion from cfa and talk about self development right uh, now that you have enough time um, as as all you guys completely confirmed right uh, till the next exam and you're sitting at home and because you can't go to work because of lockdown etc etc so i'm very curious what self development projects are you guys working on right now because you have the opportunity you have the time well you're right i mean this ample time there's uh, ample opportunity for someone to learn new things uh, like for example last year while i was uh, finishing my level 2 i i learned financial modeling it really helps me understand uh, new dimensions of of uh, what cfa teaches you in theory uh, and i'm able to practice that in my work also in in into corporate finance right now secondly uh, as uh, as you know probably derivative and uh, uh, fixed income are my favorite subjects you know and 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 i've been working on a derivative model for the last one year it's it's a, it's a strategy uh, basically I, i've been trying to develop 
it's almost ready uh, very detailed into options and derivatives i just need somebody to vet it and uh, if i can put it to practice yeah so i hope you're not looking at me to give you guidance on derivatives because <laughs> <laughs> probably probably on uh, fra yes but not on derivatives certainly <laughs> Right. So as for me, uh, I, I'm also, uh, I was one of the people who was worried about his financial modeling skills. It was one of the things that scared me, you know, so uh, I'm trying to practice it more, but I'm also trying to develop a, a reading habit where I can uh, read uh, a chapter or two a day, you know. Uh, I just realized that after university, nothing will force me to develop myself anymore. So I have to do this myself. I have to pick up this job myself. I think what you forgot to add, Mark, was uh, how much extensively we, you, you are involved as a volunteer with CFA Society Emirates. Um, so, I mean, I think yeah. the last few months uh, you've been involved in the research challenge, the UAE research challenge. I mean, you've been working yes, with sir. me as a project yeah. chair and we did successfully do that as well. And uh, recently, of course, on the financial modeling initiative at society level to give financial modeling training to the members of CFA Emirates. I think volunteering is a great way of giving back. It's a fantastic way of networking and uh, filling your time, so to speak, yeah? I agree, yeah. So uh, when I started volunteering, I thought it's something to add to the CV as an extracurricular activity, but uh, I found that it has nothing to do with that. Um, when you do something that is not for the money, that is just for people, for especially for students, uh, as someone who was, who was a student not long ago, it makes you get a whole new perspective of things, of what's more important and what's not that important. Yeah, I've been a bit more selfish <laughs> lately with no any <laughs> charity work, to be honest. Uh, but as 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 everybody mentioned, like working with financial models and Excel is is quite uh, a good skill to apply your CFA knowledge. So uh, I work with financial models a lot as well, and I, as of now, I'm trying to learn a lot of tricks uh, in Excel to, frankly, make my life easier. And uh, probably another one, another project, a uh, relatively young one, I'm trying to learn Python. Uh, it's a very cool tool to, especially if you work in finance, it helps you to quantify unquantifiable things, <laughs> which I'm sure a lot of analysts uh, face this challenge uh, at, at this work. Interesting, I mean, uh most people think probably think Python is an animal um, and not so much uh, <laughs> very, very relevant. Uh, but it's a very important point you raised, Rita, because uh, I think uh, automation and asset management and finance are merging faster than ever before. And it's key that people pick up the skills to make life easier, uh, to add value to your work and to stand out, right? I think it's a great thing you're doing, financial modeling and Python. And, and uh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, I wish we could go on chatting forever, but now the time has come to sort of bring this uh, very interesting and insightful episode to a close. Um, thank you guys for spending time uh, chatting with me. Uh, although I know you've seen enough of me in class and still uh, very grateful that uh, <laughs> and humble that uh, you thought uh, you wouldn't mind spending an extra time uh, talking uh, about your experience of level three. Uh, so be helpful for those, not just in level three, but also those about to start the CFA journey and also um, in, in the process of writing level one or level two as well. 
very importantly, I wish you the best. I won't wish you best of luck because in CFA, I don't believe in luck. <laughs> you know, but I very wish you the very best in level three in December 2020 when you'll be writing the exam. And uh, yeah, so this time next year, we should be having CFA after your names uh, if everything goes off according to plan. Yeah. So thank you. Inshallah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, and have Thank a nice you. day. Thank you so much. Thanks for Thank having me. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by The Real Finance Mentor. Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope you found it insightful and inspirational. If you did enjoy this episode, please drop us a review and spread the word. And be sure to check out more exclusive content on therealfinancementor.com and my LinkedIn profile, which is Binot Shankar CFA. Let's keep in touch. Just add your name to the mailing list on therealfinancementor.com and we'll tell you about new episodes plus book reviews, upcoming events and blogs. Till the next time, onwards and upwards.